good day. This is World Impressions, Christian Expressions, W-I-C, Ice. Let's read Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 60 cubits high and 60 cubits wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, the prefects, the governors, advisers, treasurers and judges, magistrates and all other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisers, treasurers, judges, magistrates and all other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. They stood before it. Then the Harald loudly proclaimed nations and people of every language. This is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp and all kinds of music, all the nations and all the people of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers, or in some version, the Chaldeans, came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And what? And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image, I am made very good. If you do not worship it, I will. you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If God we serve is able to deliver us, then he will deliver us from the blazing furnace and from your majesty's hands. But even if he does not, we want you to know, Mr. Your Majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered a furnace heated seven times hotter than the usual, commanded some of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into a blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent that the and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and these three men firmly tied fell into the blazing furnace. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asking his advisors, Weren't three men that we tied there up and threw into, thrown into fire? They replied, Certainly, Your Majesty. They said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed. Fourth looks like the son of God. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, Royal advisors crowded around them. They saw the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their god own God. Therefore I decree that the people of the nation of of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be torn into piles of rubble for no other God can save this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. This is the end of the chapter. This is quite an interesting chapter. It's got love, romance, drama, suspense, action, thrill, and of course, and a happy ending. We could make a movie with just this chapter and still explore several themes and still have enough to make more sequels to explore each of these themes. Just to touch upon a few, for example, if we take this chapter and we superimpose it to our present day world. We can see all of this happening right before our eyes. At a global level, everywhere in every part of the world, in the mainstream media, in, in every nation that's actually developed or it's developing, we see this happening. Country leaders, religious leaders, celebrities, everyone seek adulation like King Nebuchadnezzar here and because of the advent of social media even individual people are trying to seek adulation for themselves if you actually observe the detail into which Nebuchadnezzar goes in the beginning of the chapter to receive his worship is somewhat a parallel to what's been described in Deuteronomy Ezekiel and other chapters like Revelation where God describes the type of detail he wants in 
for his worship in his temple. Everyone wants to be a god. Everyone seeks their own glory. But uh, it also explores a theme, an idea, where there is a desire to seek dominion over your individual liberty, your individual belief system. As we read through chapter 3, we realize that during the end times, we also expect a similar form of anti-Christian government coming up, which will lay down the rules and regulations and put fear into hearts of people to worship them and to follow them and to obey them. Otherwise, anyone who defies their orders will be put to death. But unlike in this chapter, it is not really necessary that the people who defy their orders and choose to worship the eternal, living and true and holy God will be saved physically on earth from the physical and first death. They would pass away. But even in this scenario, there is still a happy ending because God will come and establish his dominion over everything. He'll deliver his chosen ones, his loved ones, and he'll save them. There is another theme that I would like to explore over here. This is a theme which affects us as a personal individual level. A theme of politics. Politics exists even at end of office level. It, if you are into sports, it exists in teams everywhere. Everybody looks up to gain favor from their leader. This is a natural scenario everywhere. And if you picture this scenario in your own life, won't be difficult to find parallels to relate to. It might actually bring in some memories also which are painful. Just to be clear in this chapter everything has been painted black and white so we don't really know much about the ills of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. We just know that they took a stand but it is not necessarily true that Everything was as black and white as it appears. It would have been grey like it is in our lives as well. We also have our own fleshly struggles. We also have our own shortcomings. We also have our own limitations. To be clear, every believer or non-believer alike struggle with the same fleshly struggle. Because we are all humanly sons of the same father but for us who profess our faith in Christ and who are disciples of Jesus we choose to exercise the choice of obeying God and doing his will and thereby living by spirit and not by flesh so we see situations where People get together against 
Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. See, we all love our independence, whether we believe in Jesus or not. We all love to be independent. We do not like to be subject to any authority or submit to anyone. We'd like to look very good in front of everybody. But sadly, for us Christians, it's not always true. Elsewhere in the Bible, Christ said that no servant is greater than his master. Christ suffered humiliation and pain. We also ought to expect the same thing in our lives. But the good thing is these sufferings and trials actually make us better, prepare us for His coming and to live with Him eternally in His kingdom. So about this story, I don't believe necessarily that all the rivals were opposed to Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego just because of their belief system. They were also opposed because they were jealous. Jealous that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were successful. As you can see in one of those verses that they make it a point to actually state this in verse 12 that there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon who pay no attention to you. They dislike the sense of freedom they enjoy. Most of us come from backgrounds where we are actually working in situations where we are not locals, so to speak. We are foreigners and we naturally face a bit of challenge from those who are locals, those who have been there. Either someone has come new to the organization and performing well and doing things which are godly, or someone has come to a town or a country or a location or a group of people who's different, that's different from them and doing well. They're always the center of attraction, center of attention. But one thing that people don't realize that these people fail to understand about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and also us Christians all over the world is that we do not get our sense of freedom from the king or from the government. We get our sense of freedom from Christ because of our faith and dependence on the true God and the knowledge of truth. It is the truth that sets us free. People don't like us because we don't subscribe to their groupism. They dislike it if we are independent. They also dislike it if we appear to be better than them or try to be better than them or appear to be favored by God in their sight or believe that we feel that we are favored by God or we are liked by God or we are trying to do what is right in God's eyes. Because nobody likes anyone better than themselves or being better than themselves. And they will always try to take us down or try to break our resolve or make us like them so that they can live in peace. But everything has its own time limit. The suffering, the persecution, everything has its own time limit. It doesn't go on endlessly. There is a point where God shows up and He delivers and He blesses. So what is our approach? 
I believe that our approach should be to continue in our faith, trust in God, but also to continue in obedience by following the creed to which all Christians subscribe to, to love the God and to love the neighbor. We seek God for his help continuously. Be smart, as it's written, to be cunning as bulls and not compromise with the quality of our work as well because that is what distinguishes us. The king Nebuchadnezzar was even considering talking to Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego because he was aware that their work was good. While it's coming from God, there was also a certain amount of sincerity that they showed towards the work. And if you take things for granted, it will show on your work. And it's not, it's, they don't, then these rivals don't even have to do much. They don't even have to talk to the king to convince him. They could take their actions on themselves if their work was shabby, shoddy. So our work has to continue to be good. Quality of work has to be good. And we need to seek God's help at doing that. It is essential to submit to human authority as this is a commandment from God. So sincerity is also a given. This is how we set examples because we as Christians will not just be known only because of righteousness. Because our righteousness is coming from Christ Jesus. We will be known because of love. And in everything that we do, if we show love, that will distinguish us. And it will help us set examples. And in the end, can conclude by with a result where God brings about a happy ending by bringing people who observe us to Him, Self. In Christ Jesus. I just want to end with a reference from Jude 1 24. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault, with great joy, to the only God and Savior be glory majesty, power, authority through Jesus Christ our Lord for all ages now and forevermore. Amen.